In Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright takes a deep dive into what's happening in the wealth tech industry. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. I'm joined today by Vishal Kaushik, who is an expert associate partner at McKinsey & Company, to take a look at the potential for growth in the wealth tech industry, which includes everything from rising levels of wealth in the region to companies understanding what their customers want and need. Thank you for joining me, Vishal. Hi, Carolyn. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure speaking to you. First off, for anyone who doesn't understand, can you give us a brief overview of what wealth tech is? I think the wealth tech are basically the firms which are more technology enabled and they are trying to provide wealth management services to a broader customer segments, which is slightly different from the incumbents that we see in the industry, given they are more focused on digital platforms, reaching out to customers through technology. And that is why I said it's quite fascinating because this is a new operating model in the industry. Let's talk about what you're seeing in terms of the potential for growth for the wealth tech sector. Before I deep dive into wealth tech, I think it's important to also talk about the wealth management landscape because that is supporting the explosive growth of wealth techs in the region. A couple of uh, pointers here. One, if you look at APAC, it's the largest and the fastest growing wealth management market globally. We are talking about 50% of the global personal financial assets originating from Asia Pacific. It's massive when we talk about those numbers. And I'm talking about numbers which are like USD 81 trillion of personal financial assets in APAC. Interestingly, if you look at the breakdown of the customer tiers which are driving these personal financial assets, you'll be surprised to know 60 to 65% of this PFA is driven by mass and affluent customer tiers and rest is primarily driven by the HNWI segment. So historically, what has happened is that if we talk about the incumbents who have been dominant in the wealth management space, they have been focusing more on the HNWI segment, leaving this massive big opportunity or a white space, which is the mass and affluent customer segments. Another interesting point is if you look at the professionally managed wealth management penetration in APAC, it's only 20%. Compared to a developed market like US, we are talking about a number which is 40 to 45% of wealth penetration. Again, there is massive opportunity on that front. Now, what it means from a wealth tech perspective, the competitive landscape has evolved. The banks are trying to serve the affluent and mass affluent segments through the wealth continuums. The insurance companies are getting into wealth management space beyond insurance and trying to provide integrated insurance investment through financial advisory channels, direct to customer channels. But the most fascinating part in terms of the growth is this wealth tech channel. So wealth techs are operating at a notion that they want to provide advice for all to all the customer tiers, mass affluent, which are, I would say, untapped, underserved at this moment of time. And the two building blocks for the wealth tech firms are accessibility and affordability. What I mean by accessibility, they are democratizing the private assets and the public assets and taking it to a lot of customers. What I mean by affordability, it's more on the pricing flexibility. If you are investing in a fund at this moment of time, there's a commission attached to it. But what wealth tech firms are doing, they are doing away with this commission, which is significant disruption in the industry. And as per our internal projections, what we believe is that there will be a 3x growth in the wealth tech firms over the next five years, primarily in APAC. And we are talking about a number of around $2.5 trillion in assets under management. You were talking about the Asia-Pacific region here specifically. But I I feel like you're saying the the US may be already ahead on this game. And so let's talk about that and, and what happened with when there was an explosion in assets under management in the US, which kind of happened in the 1990s and how the industry reacted at that point and how that compares to now. It's a very interesting question because we are talking about the overall wealth management landscape. So if you look at some of the developed markets and primarily to your point, US, what we have seen is that there is an inflection point in terms of the acceleration of wealth management growth. And this inflection point comes in the range when the total mutual funds in the industry as a percentage of GDP 
is somewhere in the range of around 18 to 19%, which happened with US in 1990s and some of the developed Asian markets in early 2000. After that, what we have seen is that there's a consistent and sustainable growth in terms of development of wealth management, which varies between 10 to 20% based on the local nuances. Now, what do we see from an emerging Asia perspective? Currently, if you look at this number, it's somewhere around 16 to 17%. And we believe over the next one to two years, it will hit this 18% mark. And potentially, we'll see more sustainable growth in the region, primarily from emerging Asia. And I'm talking specifically about emerging Asia, because that is driving a lot of affluence in the region. People are getting more and more wealthy, and they're looking for more and more financial advisory and managed wealth penetration services. So let's talk about how the industry needs to prepare itself ready for this change and embrace the changing needs of investors. I, I imagine there's also an aspect that, you know, we've moved on a lot since the, the 1990s. And, and as we're talking, technology is a much, much bigger factor than it could have been then. I think technology is the basic foundation in terms of how do we think about the future operating model. But to a question, I would come back to the WellTech players. I think there are a lot of learnings that we see as we see the emerging success case examples from WellTechs. And there are quite a few things. One is basically simple and meaningful investment. What I mean by it is that customers are not looking for run-of-the-mill products. What they are trying to get is basically solutions which is aligned to their needs across the life cycle stages. What I mean is that somebody is looking for a retirement solution. Another person can be looking at the child education solution. So how do we provide that goals to the customer? I think that will be quite critical. That's one. Second, uh, what we see is basically emotional engagement with the customers. So a lot of these wealth fintechs are trying to crack the code of getting emotionally connected to the customers through marketing campaigns. They are very trigger-focused marketing campaigns that we see in the industry. Again, as an example, retirement is a big theme in Asia-Pacific at the moment. So they're trying to create those campaigns to figure out what is the retirement need, how do we build the corpus for you. I think that is becoming quite critical for these guys. Third is basically this personalized digital investment experience. What I mean is simple, intuitive customer journey. Today, I go into a website. It's sometimes so complicated. If I talk about some of the financial institutions, can it be done in four steps? I get to the investment point, which is the most critical thing that I'm looking from that particular financial institution. That will be something quite critical, which can be enabled only by technology. And the last point I would mention is pricing flexibility. If you look at some of the wealth fintechs, what they're doing, they have done away with pricing on commission. They're doing pricing on advisory. So whatever commission they're getting from manufacturers, they flow it back to the customer. I think that is quite critical. So as other financial institutions, non-financial institutions think about it, four things. One, goal-based solutions. Second is basically pricing flexibility. Third is your intuitive customer journeys. And fourth is basically your engagement with the customers through marketing campaigns, through your narratives, etc. That will be quite critical. So what are the challenges the industry faces in making these changes and making them work? There are two things which come to, to light. One is basically this change management. So you talk about any incumbent who have been very focused on traditional wealth management. Now today, if they have to get into this hybrid engagement, digital journeys, etc., it's a massive change management and the organization needs to be prepared for that. Second is primarily the challenge with the talent. Again, how do you get this talent, which is very different from the historical talent? Now, what we are talking about is basically product owners, developers, designers, technicians, etc. How do they help us to deliver this proposition to the customer that is quite critical? And when I talk about external challenges, external challenges are customer acquisition cost. It's quite massive in the industry. Second is basically your cross-border connectivity, which is quite relevant for markets like Singapore, Hong Kong. And the third, I would say, is basically investor education. I think you need to be extremely relentless 
in investor education, telling them that how they need to move their money from savings to investment, which helps them to build the corpus over a period of time. Now, if the wealth tech companies do get this right, how much of a challenge do you see them posing to the more traditional financial institutions? This is a question which is uh, coming often in the conversations, but uh, I think uh, it's not a challenge. I would say it is more of an opportunity to collaborate with the incumbents in the industry. And the reason I'm saying is that if you look at, again, the opportunity size, we are talking about $81 trillion of personal financial assets. In some, some of the countries, you will see that the PFA has around 60 to 65% still in cash and deposit. So it's not that you are hunting for the same pie. It's basically you're expanding the ecosystem and expanding to more range of the customer. But what will be critical is basically collaboration and strategic partnerships for the incumbents with the wealth fintechs also. Because wealth fintechs will face a challenge in terms of customer acquisition, funding, etc. And incumbents can leverage a lot of learnings from the wealth tech firms from a capability perspective, digital journeys perspective, your portfolio management services, etc. So a lot of opportunities from a collaboration perspective. Great to get your insights today. Thank you for joining me, Vishal Kaushik, who is expert associate partner at McKinsey & Company. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for this conversation.